0: So uh, what is investing to a Christian? Uh, Sometimes at uh, any age we can get comfortable in our faith and we start to uh, just coast on through life. Our circumstances change and they leave us in a place where we don't feel like we're as effective. Um, Our insecurities can creep in and begin to make us doubt who we are or any number of ways that Satan tries to rob us from the truth that we are the children of the king. But the reality is that in our life here on earth, the work is never done. He's still working on us, and he's still working for what is next for us. And last week, Pastor, uh, Pastor Sam talked about the message that Peter had for the early Christians in Rome, and it was a message directed to all of you, all of the Christians. In 1 Peter 3 he addressed it to all of you. So this week, I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about what a life of all of you for Jesus looks like. How we're meant to invest ourselves in others and establish a life that will cause those around us to take notice. Uh, let's just uh, bow in a word of prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, we just uh, come to you now boldly before your throne, God, and we just um, ask you to show what, what's out there for us, what's more for us, Father. Um, I ask that you would just bless these words, God, that you would just... Uh, speak your Holy Spirit through me and that you would just uh, open the hearts of whoever may hear. Um, Father God, I just lift up all of those who are here and all those that aren't here and can't uh, be with us today, that uh, you would just comfort them and strengthen them. Um, we ask this all in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So there are many people out there that, you know, live a good life. People that the community would say that there's a good person There's an upstanding citizen in the community. But there's still something different about the Christian life that makes people take notice, and it looks a little different. In a world full of selfish ambition and the constant accumulation of material gain, the Christian life is one that is outwardly motivated, and it's not inwardly focused. It's not about us. And in order to gain the proper perspective and put things in their proper place of importance, The first thing that each one of us must do is unload our burdens and our bad investments, if you will. We all have burdens. They're a natural part of life. Jesus himself told us that in this life, there will be trouble. And it can be very easy to let them take over our lives and our time and our money. And if we're honest, we encounter many weights that prove to be too heavy for ourselves it's like we walk through life in a suit made of Velcro, and every burden sticks to us as we walk on by. And not only that, and not only do we bear that, but everyone around us does, too. We're carrying a myriad of problems amid a world of kindred strugglers, and we're trying to unstrap ourselves from one burden to the next. And just as you take one off, another one sticks to you. We too often overestimate our ability to bear our burdens, and we too often underestimate their ability to wear us down. We're like an overstuffed trash bag. The bottom eventually gives out, and we're left with a stinking mess of problems that we tried unsuccessfully to bag away. We simply can't bear the weight required to carry our bag full of burdens. So what should we do with those burdens? We look to Jesus for both the example that he left us and the message of hope that he gave us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, even our Lord and Savior was feeling the burden of what was about to come to pass. We know that he was about to face the cross, but what he did in those moments serves as our example of what to do and what will happen. Luke twenty-two forty-one through 46 says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will but yours. Be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus was staring face to face with our ultimate bad investment, the full cup of divine wrath to be poured out because of sin. And even though he fulfilled that greatest of purposes and bore our sin on the cross, in that moment, he was still fully man, and he took it to the Father in prayer. He laid it at the Father's feet and said, not my will, but yours. And he was comforted and strengthened in a divine transfer of responsibility of the burden. And in that moment, he gave us the example of what to do. Just as Christ was comforted by the Father, and as he paid the price for our sins, we are comforted by Christ, if only we'll let him. As the Puritan pastor Thomas Watson succinctly put it, it is our work to cast care, and it is God's work to take care. Before we can move forward with our Christian life in a profitable way, we must put down these bad investments in order to have the peace and clarity to follow God's will for our lives. Again, we return to 1 Peter and the message for all of us. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that in the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And personally, with the things that have happened in my family's life and Joey's life, I don't know how people without the Lord deal with their burdens. So many thoughts and questions and fears and uncertainties, and it is only because of the Lord that in those moments of total fear, and anxiety, and feeling utterly helpless, that I personally have been able to experience that peace that Paul talks about in Philippians for Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I know that I'm not alone. I know that personally there's people out here that have what seems to be mountains in front of you. It's okay. As a Christian, you have a refuge. Put it simply, when we unload our burdens, when we unload our bad investments, the Lord will exalt us in his perfect peace and allow us to move on to what he has in store for us. So then, what do we invest ourselves in? We invest ourselves and our resources into what the Lord deems good. It does not matter where you are in life, God has work for you to do. Ephesians 2 tells us that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We were created for good works. We're not saved by those good works, but we were created for them. The children's teachers that are usually in the next building, they're created for those good works. The men that walk the streets of our community were created for those good works. The women that create crafts and minister to our local teachers were created for those good works. And that's just to name a few, just in this church. There's any number of good things that we could be doing. Because we have the salvation that comes by faith and grace, those works that he has for us, the Lord deems good. To those that are in your youth, make no mistake that God can and will use you. King Josiah was only 16 years old when he began to seek the Lord and reform an entire nation that had turned away from God. King David was just a boy when he encountered and defeated Goliath, a seemingly impossible task to everybody. And even Samuel, a man of God in his own right, was surprised that the Lord had chosen David to be king and not one of his more earthly esteemed brothers. And yet the very line of Christ runs through David. A boy that was chosen by God. But perhaps it's Timothy that is most well known in this matter. And Paul instructed him personally, in First Timothy 4:12, he said, "Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love and faith in purity." He was telling a boy to set the example for believers. Timothy was a young man. He goes on in verse 14 to implore Timothy not to neglect his gifts, gifts that he had already been given in his youth. Church, we have some wonderful young people in this body, and I am so thankful for those that are, again, usually in the next building, investing in our children. I'm thankful for those that are maturing right in front of our eyes in youth and are passing the, the word of the Lord onto their peers, onto their siblings, and to some even onto their parents and other adults. They're investing in what the Lord deems good. I'm reminded of the children's song, He's Still Working On Me. But the reality is that it's not a children's song. It's a song for each and every Christian for as long as we draw breath on this earth. Some of you may think that you're too old, that you're too frail, that you're too encumbered and you can't do the work anymore. I'm here to tell you that he is still working on you. And he still has plans for you, and you are still useful. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your example. In fact, Titus 2 explicitly lets us know that you are still needed and gives you instruction. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to too much wine. So that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Even if you are unable to do anything else, you're able to do perhaps the most important thing you can for others. You can pray for them. We have some amazing prayer warriors in this congregation, and for that, I thank you. My family has personally felt those prayers. Many of you have felt those prayers. They are prayers of investment in each other, and they show a real return. Be sure to always encourage and lift younger people up. Use your wisdom to observe and be of good help in that way. Paul again in 1 Thessalonians says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. These are all good things, and these are all things that you can do at any age. Younger people... Don't take your role lightly, older people. We still need you, and we still need your wisdom and prayer. And then there's our stuff, the things that surround us and the lives, in our lives are wrapped up in, our possessions, our homes, our incomes. How does God want us to invest those? We don't need to look any further than the church and the Book of Acts for an example. In Acts 2, the early believers went from house to house studying the Word together, praying, fellowshipping, and eating meals with one another. They were investing in the Word. They were investing in each other. They were building bonds that lasted a lifetime and could not be broken. Our very homes are a vehicle for evangelism. They're a vehicle for growth in spirit and in the community. They're a place for ministry to take place for discipleship to take place, for mentoring to take place. These are all things that the Lord deems good. And what about our money? Jesus spoke often about money. In fact, 11 of his parables involve our money. The Old Testament established the tithe as the standard of investing in your finances. But if we go back to that church in Acts, they went way beyond that. Some of them would sell literally all of their possessions to give to one another, and to see that the gospel would be spread across their communities and, indeed, to the rest of the world. And, of course, in our modern world, we all feel the pressures. We want to be comfortable. We want to have nice things, even if we have three small children that make sure that those nice things get messed up. (laughs) We all want to have the creature comforts. But those things don't bring contentment. And, in fact, they can drive us the other way. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So what is our advice if we're not supposed to devote ourselves to material gain? Again, Paul to Timothy. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We're to take hold of the eternal life that lies before us, not the material life that Matthew 6 tells us corrupts and falls away. I'm not standing here to tell you what you should give. That's between you and the Lord. But I do come with this advice from the Scriptures there are good investments and there are bad investments. God wants all of us. He wants our lives. He wants us to use our homes and possessions for his glory. He wants us to be cheerful givers. He wants us to invest all of ourselves wisely. Paul again tells Timothy, man, Paul has some good words for Timothy, I'm sorry. (laughs) Paul again tells Timothy, but I am not ashamed, for I know who I believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to you, Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me. In the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You have been entrusted with a good deposit. Invest it wisely. So, with all this investing, when do we see a return? Well, the answer to that is we see some now, and we see the rest and the best in eternity. We get to share in the rewards with our fellow believers around us. God's returns do not diminish, but only multiply. Pastor Tim is sitting right there. Probably shouldn't be. I remember where I was the night that all of us were praying for him. We were an inpatient at Gallesano Children's Hospital with a fresh diagnosis for leukemia. But he needed our prayers, so we invested. And so many of the rest of you Invested your prayers in the middle of the night for our brother. Especially when the outlook wasn't that great. But praise God that he answered prayers and restored him wholly. And over the coming months, Pastor Tim was able to pray with me when I was feeling the burden that we carried. And today, Joey's doing well and we're near the end of treatment and we can share together in that return on investment and the answer to God's prayers. When we hear the reports of children that had given their lives to the Lord in VBS or in kids clubs, all of heaven rejoices, and we get to share in that return. When someone who is sick or hungry or in need seeks the Lord because you gave to support those ministries, you get to share in that return. When you share the gospel with others and disciple them, you get to enjoy that return by watching them grow as a Christian. Those returns will sustain you, they will invigorate you, they'll lift you up, they'll be an encouragement, and they'll follow you to the end of your days. At the ripe old age of 85, Caleb was able to look back and reflect on his return. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said. He honored those plans that God had for his life, and God honored him in return. Psalms 92 says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of God. They still bear fruit in old age, and they are ever full of sap and green." When you give your life to the Lord and you grow old old as a Christian, you do not die out. That is not to say that God gives us everything that we desire, far from it. But he does honor us when we honor him and he will be sure that our needs are met. And finally, for the return, there is our eternal salvation. The promise that one glorious day we will look face to face with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On that awesome day, we'll see our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life and the names of all of those that we invested in and that accepted the Lord and lived for Him because you invested. That's the ultimate return on investment, to spend eternity with Jesus. And as we close today, consider all that the Lord has for you. Are we giving Him all that He's asking of us? God loves a gracious host, a selfless worker, a generous giver. Be invested in your community. Be invested in each other. Be invested in the programs that further the gospel. At the end of it all, this is all for the glory of the Lord. And everything of this world is rubbish. Philippians 3 says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The resurrection from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask today that you would uh, work in each one of us and reveal what it is that you would have for us, Father. God, I ask that you would just pour out your spirit upon us and convict us where we need convicting, Father. Um, If we need to do more, God, if we need to give more, Father, if we need to invest in that person that's so close to us and we, we know that they need it, God, just give us that gentle nudge that We know that you're with us, Father, and that we can be bold and we can be empowered through the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would bless each and one of these individuals today, God, that you would just lift them up, that you would just help them to guard their good deposit that you've entrusted to them, Father. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.